Hi, I'm Cheryl, and I'm a mom, coach, domestic abuse survivor, and host of the Healthy Mom After Divorce podcast, where I help moms survive their high-conflict divorce and develop safe, healthy, and sustainable co-parenting strategies. I know it feels scary, but with the right tools, mindset, and education, you can do this. It may not be easy, but there is light at the end of that tunnel. So let's take that next step together and get this episode started. Hey, healthy mamas. Welcome and thank you for joining me for the 16th episode of the Healthy Mom After Divorce podcast. As always, you can find the full transcript for this episode at healthymomafterdivorce.com slash 16. Today, I want to talk about accepting what I call divorced mom truths that we may be resisting accepting. Maybe only one or two will resonate with you, or maybe all of them will. But these were and are pivotal for me and my divorce and co-parenting journey, and they might be for you too. So the first truth I want to start with is this. You do not control what your co-parent does. So stop trying. This one comes up over and over and over again. It may actually be the number one complaint or question that I see. How do I control or how do I make them or those types of things? There are just so many divorced moms that are spinning their wheels trying to get their ex to do something or not do something. They're asking, how do I get him to communicate better? How do I get him to show up on time? How do I get him to stop spreading lies about me? How do I get him to respect my boundaries? How do I get him to stop bashing me to the kids? How do I get him to pay support on time? How do I get him to stop calling the kids names? How do I get him to stop bringing a new woman into their lives every few months? The answer is the same for all of them. You don't. You just have to radically accept that you cannot make anyone do or not do anything. But it's not fair. It's not reasonable. It's so frustrating. I know. I hear that stuff all the time. But it still doesn't change the reality of it. So what do you do? Well, you focus on what you can control. And the good news is the rest of the truths on my list are within your control. So let's move on. Number two, your relationship with your kids is entirely your responsibility. So do it with intention. I hear moms say all the time that their co-parent is bashing them to their kids or telling lies about them, or they get so wound up by communication from their ex that they struggle to be present and in a good headspace for their kids. Listen, I get it. It's frustrating. But it doesn't matter. And the reason it doesn't matter is because there's nothing you can do about it. There is no more difficult but more rewarding job than your relationship with your kids. It takes enough time and energy on its own. So stop spending any of your energy worrying about what your ex is doing and saying. You don't know exactly what they're saying anyways. And even if you did know, 
Telling your kids that they're being lied to is useless and ineffective. And you're involving that parent in your relationship with your kids every time you do. Is that really what you want? If your ex calls you a liar to your kids, you don't need to tell your kids you're honest. Just be honest with them all the time. If your ex tells your kids you have a temper, don't address it with your kids or email your ex and tell them to stop saying that to your kids. If you aren't someone who has much of a temper, then just carry on. If you are someone who can have a temper at times and it's something you want to change, focus on learning techniques to manage it and react in more constructive ways. Your job as the healthy parent is to have a safe place for your kids to land, a place where they can be themselves, a place where they are loved without condition, a place where they can share how they're feeling without reprimand or ridicule, a place where their boundaries are respected. None of those things are contingent on the relationship your co-parent has with the kids. So you need to let that go. Stop asking questions about your co-parent's home when the kids are with you. Stop defending yourself to your kids. Stop speaking ill of your co-parent. Stop blaming them for the challenges in your relationship with your kids. None of it is healthy and none of it works to further your relationship with your kids in a healthy way. Number three, the headaches from having children with a high conflict person will never go away. So stop wishing for it. You're in this for the long haul. Forever. Even when the kids are grown, there will still be challenges around family events, special occasions, healing from traumas, communication, And this isn't to make you feel despair, it's to show you why learning healthy ways to cope and manage so you can thrive anyway is so important. You can't just wait it out. Yeah, you know, the really high conflict that comes in the early stages of divorce will dissipate. You know, once the assets are sorted and support is figured out and a framework around parenting time is agreed upon, the conflict will definitely decrease. But there's a good chance there will always be some, especially if your co-parent is narcissistic or high conflict in some way. So you're going to need to find healthy ways to cope with the headaches and show your kids how to cope with them too. Relationships evolve and change over our lives. And this is even more true when it comes to children and parents. Kids grow up and become adults, they move away, they have romantic relationships of their own, but you'll always be their mother and their father will always be their father. So wishing for anything else is a waste of time, energy, and frankly is not good for your sanity. Number four, you do not have it better or worse than anyone else. It's just different. So stop comparing. This one always bothers me, and I really have no clue why a lot of us do it. Comparing our situation to others and being upset that we have it so much worse or feeling resentful that they have it better or coveting what they have or don't have, this behavior is so toxic and frankly rooted in a bunch of stories we're telling ourselves. If we spend our time feeling sorry for ourselves, wondering why this is the situation we're in, we see ourselves as victims and... Victims have no say or control. 
Yes, there are lots of people who don't get divorced. Yes, there are lots of divorced moms who don't have to co-parent with a narcissist. Yes, there are lots of women who haven't been abused by their spouses. Yes, there are lots of kids who don't have to go back and forth between two homes. But there are lots that do. Everyone has a different battle, not better or worse, just different. And these toxic thoughts that we have bring about feeling sorry for ourselves, coveting and resenting others for what they have because you you have it worse than them or maybe feeling superior to others because you know you have it better than them. These are not good thoughts to have and truly serve no purpose. Our time and energy are limited resources. So let's not you know, spend them in these ways. Let's spend them wisely and in ways that serve us and raise healthy kids. And the last one on the list is one that I am very passionate about and one that I will never stop preaching. Number five, looking after your health is a non-negotiable. So stop neglecting it. Now, This one is one that a lot of us divorced moms take a long time to accept, but you need to look after yourself. I find that it's so natural for mothers to put their needs at the bottom of the priority list. And if they get divorced and now see the kids less or have a bunch of shame around their divorce, they pretty much cement themselves into this bottom position. Why is that? Why do we not prioritize ourselves and our health? Is it that you don't have the time? Is it that you don't think it's important? Is it that you don't think you deserve it? Is it that you don't think it'll actually help anything? It's probably a bit of all these things and probably some others I haven't thought of, but it makes no sense to me. Just as a flower will eventually bloom in old dirt with the bare minimum of water and only an hour of sun per day, we too will find a way to get it done with not enough food, five hours of sleep, and coffee as our fuel. But what if that flower was rooted in fertilized soil instead of old dirt? What if it had an abundance of water instead of the minimum required? What if its dead leaves were pruned on a regular basis? What if it had hours of sunlight every day? It would bloom faster and would last longer once it did. Its color would be brighter and its stems stronger. Its roots would run deeper and as a result, it would be able to withstand windier days and colder months. That flower would be all around healthier, more resilient, and more beautiful. It would also show anyone who sees it just how beneficial looking after it really is. Looking after yourself has the same effect. Eating enough healthy food throughout the day, going for regular walks, taking time to decompress, going to the spa, meditating, exercising on a regular basis, getting at least seven hours of sleep every night, you get the idea. These are all the things that will make you all around healthier, more resilient, and more beautiful inside and out, just like that flower. 
And it sets you up with a strong base so you're able to withstand the storms and the stress that you probably face daily in your divorce co-parenting life. And your kids, the ones that look up to you and want to be just like you, get to see how beneficial these things are. You can tell your kids until you're blue in the face to eat more veggies, to avoid fast food, to put down the device and go for a walk, to get to bed at a reasonable time. But unless you're also doing these things, it's a do as I say and not as I do thing. And I think we all know how well that works. This episode was probably a lot to absorb, I know. And it might be worth going back and listening again or reading the transcript on my website. I truly believe that if we can learn to accept these things, we will be on the path to be healthy moms who raise happy, healthy kids despite the other nonsense in their lives. And I don't use the word nonsense to minimize what happens to them and to you. It can be so difficult and traumatizing for all involved, but there are ways to move past it and thrive, I promise. And starting with accepting these five things is a great place to begin. Here's a recap. Number one, you do not control what your co-parent does. Number two, your relationship with your kids is entirely your responsibility and your primary focus. Three, stop holding out hope that your high-conflict co-parent will ever change. Four, you do not have it better or worse than anyone else. It's just different. Five, looking after your health is a non-negotiable. Chin up, healthy mamas. You can do this. And if you're not sure how, I can help. You can schedule a complimentary 45-minute discovery call at healthymomafterdivorce.com slash workwithcheryl. You can also download my free guide at healthymomafterdivorce.com slash guide. You got this, mama. And remember, healthy moms raise healthy kids. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave a review. And if you like what you heard, share this episode with other moms. Don't forget to follow me on social media. And if you want to learn more about me and what else I have to offer, head over to healthymomafterdivorce.com. And while you're there, why not grab your copy of my free guide, Take Your Power Back, Four Ways to Feel in Control Through Your High Conflict Divorce. One foot in front of the other, healthy mama. You got this. I promise.